superstars, it's Peps here for the round 21 lace out review of a huge, a massive, a gigantic round of AFL football. I'm going solo tonight. The great man, Jamie the J Dog Wallace, unfortunately has two uh, very sick kids at home and he's doing dad duty. So it means that you're with me tonight to talk about a huge round of football. For the people joining us for the first time tonight, you've waited 21 rounds, but it's going to be a cracker for you. I'm Chris Pepper, the 377-game superstar of the East Keeler Football Club, and normally my co-host with the most, the number nine ranked Ironman in the world for his age group once upon a time was Jamie the J-Dog Wallace. We're going to be here to talk about a huge, a massive, a conglomerate of a round of football. It was big. And I'll tell you what, it is a season to behold. I don't think it's just been this tight, a season for one to remember. We're going to go through all the usuals. Get on the chat if you're joining us live on the Facebook page. If you're listening to us through Spotify, are you listening through um, uh, Google Podcasts, iTunes, whatever it might be, leave a comment, subscribe. Join us for the next year as well too because uh, it's going to be huge. But let's get through this particular season. Cracking weekend. Uh, we're going to get into all the big news. So we've got that. We're spinning magnets. I'm going to go through all the good and the bad of the weekend. We're going to go have a look at all nine games. Probably the biggest trade recap. It's all starting to kick in now. The rumors and innuendo is starting to go. We've got a rising star from the Gold Coast. Everything is on point. And I think what we're going to do is we're going to kick it off with the AFL ladder. Everybody joining us on the chat. Great to see you. Let's get into it. And it's starting to sort of settle down at the top, but there are plenty of spots to kick in. Let's go. Geelong Cats on 64%, sorry, 64 points and 137%. They are still huge. They are the premiership favourites by the length of the Flemington Strait, everybody. Collingwood, after another sub uh, two-goal win against the Ds, 60 points, a game clear, but with a very small percentage of 106.3, the worst in the top eight and only bettered by Gold Coast sitting in 11th on 102. So interesting. They're getting the wins, not winning by much. The D's choked. Simple as that. They choked against Collingwood on the weekend. They had them on toast by halftime. And let's just say they went from yummy, yummy toast to burnt at both ends uh, and especially in front of goal. 56 points, the same as the Swans. The same as the Brisbane Lions. So those four teams, well, those three teams, they're going to be slotting themselves in for the top four. Potentially, you could throw in Fremantle as well on 54. That draw earlier on in the year is going to come back to haunt them. Carlton Richmond on 48 and 46 points, respectively. Cripsy, Patrick Cripps is appealing as we speak. As soon as we get a result, if it's happening during the recording of the show, we will let you know about it. St. Kilda mathematically still can make it with two rounds to go on 44 points. And even the Western Bulldogs on 40, they can still mathematically make it. Forget about the rest. Gold Coast, they stuffed up on the weekend. Uh, They've had a bad run over the last couple of weeks. They should have cemented a spot in the final eight, but unfortunately just couldn't bring the milkshakes to the yard, uh, Kalee style. Port Adelaide, they've been putrid this year. Hawthorne have been okay. They're on 32 as well as Port Adelaide. Essen Tank. They uh, they did on the weekend. They got absolutely mauled by the Giants. 
Adelaide Crows had a good win against the West Coast on 28 as well. GWS on 24. Very, very disappointing uh, season for them. And then looking at the last two, West Coast and North Melbourne, basically percentage, I think, will split these two teams on who's going to get the first and second. West Coast on 61.1 and North Melbourne on 55.8%. So there's the ladder. I think there's still going to be a bit of movement in the top four, definitely in the top eight. Uh, Usually it's been locked and loaded and finished by now, but with still two rounds to go, this is turning into a cracker of a season. All righty. Next thing that we're going to swing into is all the uh, around the grounds. Now, actually, now we're going to do around the grounds very shortly. Let me get into the um, the drags. So let's get into the bad side of things at the moment because it's time to spin some magnets. And I had a bit of a chat with J-Dog earlier about these and uh, we've come up with a few. So let's start with uh, a bit of good old uh, Ronald Dale Barassi. Haley off, Ellie Murph on. Bloody wink of piss. All righty. First and foremost, this mob have let me down. Finally, they've let me down, Gold Coast. They're my second team. I love everything about them, but finally, it took them to round 21. Usually, it's by round two or round three that their season's over, but round 21, it took them. And Gold Coast, they've finally let themselves down. It was a disappointing loss to Hawthorne, and it has ended their season. One of the lace-out favorites, Tommy Roker's on the chat right now. He is going ballistic. He was saying they were playing finals. It's not going to happen. Another, I wouldn't say wasted season, considering probably one of the best players in Ben King did not play all season. So when you add him into the mix next year, there is plenty to like about them. So it was a massive year of development. I still like where they're going. Just a bit of disappointing because I really think I would have loved to have seen him play finals for the first time. This year. Right here. Josh Kennedy from the Swans. Now, I've put this one as a, a negative. Hear me out. Absolute superstar. Retired today, but what peeves me off more than anything is that he doesn't get the final swan song game he deserves. He won three All-Australians, three best and fairests. He's a premiership player during his time at the Swans too, and over 250 magnificent games for the Sydney Swans, and unlike some players, he won't have the chance to get the ceremonial chairlift running out with the kids on that final game because he had a bad hammy tear on the weekend for the Swans VFL team. That sucks, and that's why, Josh Kennedy, mate, you are an absolute champion and you are a legend of that Swans team. And you consider that he came from Hawthorne, went to Sydney, and what he did up there, delicious. Awesome. All righty. Adam Sard, I'm throwing this bloke in. He's probably going to be potentially one of the all-Australian halfback flankers. But did anybody see his kick out from fullback on the weekend? Probably one of, actually, the second worst kick out I saw all year. If you haven't seen it, basically comes out of uh, the back line, takes a bounce within about 30, within about 30 centimetres after leaving the square and tries a little daisy chip up inside boot towards the centre of the ground, totally spills it over. They go back down, goal down, Sard's hands in the head, disgraceful. I thought that was the worst mess up that I'd seen all year. Until North played. And a great man by the name of Jaden Stevenson. Jaden Stevenson, we're talking about Jamie's son, Jaden Stevenson, for the worst ever kick out. 
in the history of 2021 and 2022 combined, full stop. It wasn't just the kick-in that uh, stuffed up. So he stuffed the kick-in, right? So he's gone a little uh, chipper once again to the middle of the ground. He's kicked it straight to um, Big Danaher from the lines. But what does he do? He doesn't put his hands up and try to stop him. He turns 90 degrees, puts his hands on his head, and basically is looking at the, the scoreboard. At the same time, good old Mr. Danaher just waddles straight in and goes, whooshka, straight over his head. He didn't even see him until the last moment. If you can get a chance, drop onto YouTube, drop onto the AFL website, even drop onto your KO subscription and have a look at the uh, the goal or the kick out. You will piss yourself laughing because it is one of the funniest things I have seen in quite a long time. So that's the bad for the week because it was so much good footy. I want to get into the good stuff. And you know what that means? Three votes. That's exactly right. It's time for some? Three votes. All right. First and foremost, what about the unpredictability of the final eight round, everybody? We've got two rounds to go. I mentioned it earlier. Six teams can make the top four. Up to 10 teams can make the top eight. And I said mathematically the dogs can as well too. It hasn't been this tight and exciting. I know the AFL are loving this right now, and it is awesome. It's going to get even better with two weeks to go. So what's going to happen? I don't know. Rightio. Geelong and Collingwood. If we were playing bingo, it would be legs 11 in a row. Winning form is good form heading into the finals. Collingwood are basically just getting across the line against everybody. Geelong are simply dominating. Will they be the two teams that play in the grand final this year? I've put me agates on the line quite a number of times this year. I'm saying no. I don't think Collingwood will make it. Geelong are a certainty to make the grand final unless they get coxed like Richmond did in 2018. Another thing I want to share is, and a lot of you would have been seeing this, back in Victoria, a lot of local footy finals are kicking in. A lot of junior teams are playing their finals footy. It's great to see on the social media posts of kids playing finals and winning flags for the first time since 2019. I know last year the season finished around about halfway through and they gave some flags out to teams who were on top of the ladder at that stage. But actually playing in that grand final, winning it and getting to get that medal and hold that cup at the end of the game is something that we haven't been able to do since 2019. So it's great to see. And the seniors are going to be kicking in over the next couple of weeks. So stay tuned. And if you've got a chance, get down and watch some local footy because local footy is so much awesomer than the AFL. Let's be honest. It's umpired differently. It's umpired better. It's pure footy at its best. And you can see some absolute superstars running around who would never get a chance in the AFL, but are absolute guns at a local level. So get down and uh, have a look at that. Last but not least, after massive feedback last week, a couple of the boys went out and did it again. And you know what I'm talking about. Bad, bad, bad. We love it when the kick and bad, bad, bad. It's gotta be six or more. Bad, bad, bad. We love it when the kick and boo. Oh, it's bags, bags, bags. And how good was it on the weekend? Two bags to be kicked. One was more special than the other. Let's be honest. Let's start with the lower one. Nick Larkey, another seven. So a couple of weeks ago, he kicked six. Now he's come out and kicked seven. Uh, for North against City. And, com- and considering that they got a little bit smashed, that was an awesome return. But does it get better than this, trendsetters? Josh Kennedy from the West 
Coast Eagles. Final game he will ever play for West Coast. Goes out against the Crows and slots. Not a couple. Not a handful. He slotted a bag of eight. Now, the biggest last game uh, bag was 18 by Fred Fanning for the Melbourne Football Club in his last game ever for the D's. But to, never going to happen again. But to kick eight goals in your last game, let alone any game, is sensational. So for you, my friend Josh Kennedy, we've got a special. Bags, bags, bags. J Dog would love. He loves the bag dog. Say, hey, by the way, listeners, what do you think of? What do you think of? Um, what do you think uh, of of the bags, bags, bags thing? You a big fan? I know I am. I don't know. J Dog loves it. What do you think about it, listeners? Put a uh, put a note in the chat or jump on the Facebook page and leave a comment. Couple of things coming through already. This is blowing up tonight. Uh, Crips is in trouble. Uh, where's old mate? Yes, he's actually crook. He's got two sick kids at the moment, so he couldn't join us tonight. Uh, he's absolutely spewing, but he will be back uh, next week. Yes, Benjamin Tate, there was a bit of humble duck pie served on Friday. I bet you at halftime you weren't thinking that. Uh, what else have we got here? North going to win another spoon? Yeah, understandable. Uh, Saints didn't make the eight. Tommy Roko's blaming the umpires again. Everybody's laughing at you. They're laughing with you, not at you, Tommy, so you'll be fine. Uh, the Cats have already won the grand final. No, stranger things have happened, I'll say. Uh, what else have we got here? Um, oh, Peps, a shout-out to um, Zammy Bex from Lee Ali, a.k.a. Fang. I'll give you a shout-out to Zammy Bex, Imran, and yours truly, Lee the Fang Ali, on their premiership win on Friday night. So I think it's either a Super Rules team or it's their third team had a premiership win on the weekend. So um, it mustn't have been a big wind, uh, a big wind at the ground because I would have heard the whistle through Fang's teeth from here down in Taylor's Hill if it actually occurred. But he's an absolute superstar. Zami's a gun. Bex and Imran, absolute gems as well too. So good on you, fellas. I played a bit of footy with them, and they are good blokes. Um, and what else have we got? The um, the VFL umpires are even worse than the AFL ones. Yeah, probably not. And the Suns are coming into the VFL. Well, if they don't start making finals, we might have to relegate them to the VFL. All right. Let's get into the games, ladies and gentlemen. Now, normally we would go with the theme music because the great man's here, but he's not. But I'm still going to do it in uh, testimonial fashion for the great man. And that means that we are going... It's time for Around the Grounds with Laysout's number one newsbreaker, Jamie Wallace. Over to you, big fella. Alrighty, peeps. Now, let's have a look at the games from last week. You're right. Now, we're going to talk about a game that I went to Friday night. 70,000 ferals. It was uh, it was 12-year-old mature cheddar versus the coon slices. The D's versus the pies. Basically, it was hot pies, hot pies, get your hot pies. Hot pies by 10 points over the Ds. And from a Melbourne supporter's perspective, there's two ways you could look at this. We dominated them for the first half. If anyone watched that game, Melbourne dominated them for the first half. But there's a a saying that I've rolled out for many, many, many years on this podcast. 
And it's simply this. Bad kicking is bad football. Melbourne Football Club, you are the epitome of bad kicking is bad football. Bad kicking going into the 50, burning people left, right, and centre, but your set shot kicking is putrid. Can I just give you a stat from the game itself? So from a conversion rate side of things, Collingwood had 21 scoring shots. Melbourne had 24. Okay, three different. Melbourne kicked three, uh, 13 goals, 11. Collingwood kicked 15 goals, six. Accuracy. But it's not that that pissed us off more than anything. How can you lead an inside 50 count by 24 and still lose? Well, you are when you convert at 54%. When Collingwood converted in front of goal, I've never seen this before. They converted in front of goal 71%. I think it was something like, 11 or 10 or 11 of their goals, they kicked from set shots, and it was 10 goals, one from set shots. You're not going to beat that. So it just goes, if you've got that efficiency inside 50, nothing's going to stop you. Benji Tate, you are an absolute superstar, mate. You're right. A lot of dump kicks into the 50 by the Ds. I don't know whether that's a game plan. I don't know whether it's, hey, you know what? Put it at the top of the square, cause the chaos, get the crumb and go in. But there's been so many other options that they can go with. They're not even opening their eyes. It's almost like they've got the tunnel vision to go down to forward. If Benny Brown doesn't mark it, somebody's going to scoop it up. It's not good enough. The sublime kicking of Collingwood into their 50, they switched it. Melbourne was smashing them across the board, leading in contested possessions, leading in disposals, leading in clearances, leading in inside 50s that I mentioned, and they came out and destroyed us. Their back line was absolutely sensational. Side bottom destroyed Langdon on the wing. He just held his position all night, and they knew that they could go out to him. Um, if you have a look at just some of the numbers to come out, Jamie Elliott, he is a thorn in our side every single time Melbourne play him. He just absolutely smashes them. Love it. Can't, can't, can't do anything about it. He kicked a casual four. You've also got for the Pies, this guy um, by the name of Ash Johnson. Kicked three goals in five VFL games, they put him, into the, put him into the ones. It just goes to show he's a, v, he's, a, he's a ones player. Six disposals, four goals, two clutch in the last quarter. They win by 10 points. Another win, 11th in a row, and I think it's their 10th under 11 points as well, points under two goals. So um, one thing that really pisses me off, and this is not just about Melbourne. I'm talking about all AFL footballers. Who and I'm blaming a little bit of Stevie Johnson, but Stevie Johnson could actually kick it. When you're 30 meters out, kick a excuse the French here, a fucking drop punt, please. Can you just kick a drop punt? This around the corner business, around the corner on your wrong leg is bullshit. When if you go back, people like Tony Lockett, Dunstall, Gary Ablett, they'd be turning in their grave right now if they saw some of the way these smart ass footballers kick. Just go back, kick a drop punt, go straight, do it. It's almost like there's no accountability for it. And I saw it perfectly on the weekend. Collingwood drop punts, kick goals. Melbourne, round the corner, bullshit, kick points. On the full, no good. Absolutely no good. So if I was if I was Simon Goodwin right now, I'd be saying it's drop kicks. Sorry, a drop kick might actually be better than the way that they're converting at the moment. 
Drop punts would be a hell of a lot better as well too. Even someone like Christian Petraka has kicked, I think, had 56 shots on goal and kicked something like 18 goals. That's putrid kicking. Putrid kicking. And if he kicks two or more goals in a couple of those games, Melbourne is sitting equal second by a mile. But Collingwood, you are doing everything right now. Right now, Are you going to be peaking too early? It's too early to say, but you're doing everything right. Your form is sensational. I got to see Nick Dacos play live for the first time. He is an absolute jet. Uh, it must be contract time because Dugowie's actually doing something. He had 25 and playing good footy over the last couple of weeks. Um, outside of that, Pendlebury, I saw him sell some candy. The candy man, Christina Aguilera, was there again. They're just going perfectly at the moment. And considering that they're not going to be getting Brody Grundy back for the rest of the season due to injury, uh, they are going really, really well. So Fly McRae. They've had a bit of a, an easier draw, let's be honest. They did end up second last, I think, or second last or 16th last year. They did get an easier draw, but you can only play the teams that you play against and win against them, and they've done everything right. They've done everything they can do for. They've set themselves up for a tilt at the flag this year. So good luck to them. My team have a bit of soul-searching to do. Find it also a second game plan as well too. So when things aren't going well, do it a little bit differently as well too. All right. Uh, Robbie Smith, are you uh, saying that you had an easy draw? You have had an easy draw. Go and have a look at who you've played this year and who you've had some doubles against. It has been quite easy. So I wouldn't say that it has been too hard at this moment in time. But you're doing everything right. So good on to Collingwood. Rightio, let's head into the Saturday games. And unfortunately, I'm talking about your mob here, Tommy Roker, who went from Gold Coast to season Gold Toast. The Hawks by seven points over the Suns. They should have won this one. Gold Coast should have had it, but there was one person and one person only who caused grief to them, and it was simply Jack Gunston. He's kicked another five. He's out of contract this year, and we'll get onto that a little bit later on. But he is 30. Any team who needs a half forward who can slot goals, who's clutch, You'd be asking his manager to get him on board. He doesn't seem to be getting older. I know he's had his back issues, etc. He is an absolute gun. Absolute gun. Love him full stop. So Jack Gunston was amazing as well. The numbers-wise from possessions, John Newcomb dominated with 27. Sicily, again, the one that really stood out to me was big boy McAvoy. you got to understand, this guy had a broken neck at the start of the year. I think he trained for like eight weeks on with a neck brace. Played his 250th game on the weekend, had 31 hitouts, only had eight touches, but throwing six tackles. That's a that's a gun, full stop. Should be the future captain. Unfortunately, John, James Sicily is in there as well at the moment. And I know the Saints were spewing. They got rid of him as well too. So just awesomeness across the board. If you look at Gold Coast, it was, it was the same old, same old. It was uh, Nick Holman kicked a couple. Uh, Elijah Hollands uh, kicked a couple as well too. Levi Casbolt, he only had one. Chol uh, didn't have any. So who they've been relying on weren't able to hit the scoreboard as much. Wits is slowing down a little bit, but it is getting towards the end of the season. He has got um, a lot on his plate. And I apologize, big boy is captain. I take that back. So I do sometimes do get it wrong, and I'm willing to make a mistake. I'll say it, but big boy is captain. And he is an absolute gun. Uh, Jared Witz, he might be getting a bit long in the tooth, but he still had 44 touches as well too. Even just having a look at some of the stats here, the clearances were the same. Clangers were about, rebound 50s were about, inside 50s were about. But you know what? It comes down to the conversion. If you kick 10-10, 
you're going to win and beat any team, full stop, who kicks 8-15. If that turns into uh, 11 goals, 12, you've won. So once again, straight kicking, it's great football, and there's just another example of it. Two teams, uh, one playing for top four, one playing for a final spot, who have let themselves down with bad kicking in front of goal. All right, let's get into GWS versus Essendon. And if we want to put in our 60s television, it was Sergeant Schultz yelling out, Hogan, hmm, because Jesse Hogan dominated. If anyone had a look at his game, it was back to his best. Jay Hogan floating around, dominating against the Giants. The Giants had the pressure put to them after the week they had previously. Essendon. Once again, letting their supporters down. They did absolutely nothing, didn't turn up. Where do you want to start with this one? Hogan had four goals to best game, 117 ranking points if you're into that. 17 possessions, 12 marks, just dominated the game full stop. He was supported by Lockie Whitfield. Can I ask anyone, does anybody actually rate Lockie Whitfield? I, I don't. I, I, I don't at all. I don't. He's getting paid an absolute truckload, and he is one of them who they've overpaid big time to keep him there. Don't rate him at all. Absolutely not. Don't rate him. Shocking. Callum Ward had another 25. Harry Himmelberg had 23 as well too. Toby Green had a quiet day, but he did kick two goals, two 14 touches as well. Um, if you want to throw in there, Kieran Briggs in the ruck and Braden Pruce, Mr. Clumsy, Mark two, both had 14 and 23 hitouts respectively as well too. From Essendon's perspective, if you have a look at their their goal kickers, it was Mac Welfie kicking four on the weekend, which I haven't seen him do, I don't think, ever. Uh, two Peter Meter, two Peter Meter, two Meter Peter, two Meter Peter, he kicked his casual two. Uh, Jake Stringer, he had a really slow day, zero goals, three behinds. They were just dominated from woe to go. Uh, three goals, three start, half time, it gets nice and even. Two goals into the three quarter time, and then they put the foot down to win by around about 17 points. So it is three goals, but it was uh, a great win in my oh, – sorry, I'll take that back. It was <laughs> – what did I write? I've written the wrong point. 27-point uh, win by GWS, and they just dominated. So cracking stuff altogether. Um, really disappointing uh, for GWS. And the worst thing about it is you're going to have people like uh, Taranto, Hopper, potentially Jake Riccardi as well, um, Tanner Bruin, all these type of players, because of the salary cap, cap squeeze, they're going to have to leave for a team that's already at the moment sitting 16th. So they've got challenges, GWS, from a financial perspective. But then you've also got Essendon, who just didn't turn up again. Massive contract apparently being offered to their captain to go up to Gold Coast. So that's an interesting one to see Heppel to go up there for a bit more leadership. But outside of that, they've got a lot of soul searching to do. A lot was promised by Essendon this year, and uh, just like Australia Post, they didn't deliver at all this year. All right. Let's have a look at the lob shots. Western Bulldogs were beaten by the lob shot. Frio by 18 points over the Western Bulldogs at Marvell Stadium. I slotted the doggies in to win this especially after uh, their last couple of weeks haven't been too bad. I thought they would have run away with this, and I thought Frio were definitely on the decline after what they did against the Ds the week before. But was I wrong? Answer this for me, people. Why would you be 
Rory Lobb, try and say that one fast. Why would you be Rory Lobb and leave Fremantle? What, what, why? It doesn't make any sense to me. Why would you go and leave a team who is on the climb, working towards a premiership window? If they get uh, Jackson, which isn't going to be the, 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 the golden ticket, but he's going to make a massive improvement to their around the grounds as a second ruckman and an, another on baller. Why would you leave when you've got the potential to play in a flag and go over to the doggies, the team that you just played against, who have just pulled in Sam Darcy's played his first game. You've got Bruce. You've got Norton. You've got Eugle Hagen. Why? It doesn't make any sense to me. If anyone's had a chance to see Rory Lobb's goal kicking on the weekend, he was clutch. He was flush. That's how you kick goals. They might be the wankers with anchors, Tommy, but they were sublime. They were absolutely sensational. Luke Ryan had his best game for the season, no doubt. He had 32 touches. Andrew Brayshaw, he had his casual uh, 21 with a goal as well. Like I said, Rory Lobb kicked four. Michael Frederick, he is an excitement machine. Love what he brings. He kicked three. Matt Tabernard had a bit of an injury scare, I think, on the weekend as well too, but he had his two until he went down. So they were just magnificent across the board. David Mundy, he's 36. He's not going to be playing next year. You, could North just put out out to him and say, come and join us. Just come and join us, please. Come and join us and just help us set up for the future because – He's, he's good enough. He can't tell me that he wouldn't beat anybody in North for a, for a position outside of a forward or a key back. He'd beat any on-baller. So get onto him. Get onto him. Uh, from a stats perspective, scoring shots were pretty much a, across the board. Disposals were very similar, but it was the conversion, once again, that conversion in front of goal that had the win. Uh, North aren't going to Tassie, I don't think, Tommy. I know uh, players get lost every single year. Every club uses it. Um, I just get some clubs get poached a little bit more. Yours is one of them, which is uh, a bit of a shame as well too. All right, let's get into the David Roden plate. It was the Port Adelaide power turning off the switch against Richmond. You, you would have thought that Port would have come out and gone, all right, this is it, stake in the ground. We're not going to play finals, but we're going to have a red-hot crack at this. Uh, there was nothing red-hot. They were ice cold. They were absolutely uh, another putrid effort. I don't think they played this bad in a game since the prelim final in 2021 against the Western Bulldogs. Richmond went over there and dominated. Shy Bolton, he kicked his four. Tommy Lynch, once again, I reckon the most overrated key forward in the league. I think he gets a lot of cheapies, and I've said that for weeks to come, yet I'd still have him at the D's. Uh, they kicked their fours. Daniel Rioli. Would you would you put Daniel Rioli in the All Australian talk for his play of halfback this year? I think you can. He's got a lot to beat. Sinclair, Saad, Brayshaw, just a few of the numbers that we're rolling through, but he could be uh, a massive chance. And I wouldn't have seen it by the start of the year. So going from forward to back, he's been magnificent. Um, been one of the reasons why they've been able to stay in finals contention, even with Martin coming out. He's lifted his performance this year in, in his output as well. Well supported by Prestia, Cochin, 32 and 31 touches as well. Toby Nankervis, massive cha- uh, massive game in the ruck there with 48 hitouts as well. And they just dominated from 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 way to go. Pretty much even Stevens until halftime, but a seven goal to three third quarter blew the game completely open. And by the end of the game, 
even the scoring shots, 10-11, it wasn't bad kicking. Richmond came out and kicked 16-13, and that's why they've won by 45-45 over a very poor Port Adelaide. From a goals perspective from, from Port Adelaide, there wasn't really much to talk about. Lots of twos. So Charlie Dixon didn't do much. Uh, and that's it. Oh, and Jeremy Finlayson had his two as well too. So nothing really to do much. Uh, nothing to really rate home about. Ollie Wines had 32, but, you know, didn't really dominate the game. It was pretty much a normal Port Adelaide game. They didn't dominate, and their names on paper probably paint over the cracks. Kochi's come out and said, you know, not everybody's safe. Everybody's going to be reviewed, so Hinkley isn't safe. To Jamie's smile, he's wrapped about that. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Port Adelaide. Do they do a clean-out? Are they past their premiership window? I personally think that they are. Um, I know that they've got their ma- their eyes on Cozzy Pickett at the moment. So does Adelaide and so does West Coast over in Perth, but I don't think he's going to go anywhere as well too. But, yeah, just really disappointing effort from Port Adelaide. And um, Ninthman, they're in the eight at the moment and they're going to be playing finals football. And probably six weeks ago, we wouldn't have said that that was going to be a thing too. So awesome to see. All righty. Uh, Saturday down at GMHBA Stadium, Saturday evening. It was pussy galore. If you're talking James Bond style, Geelong by 45 points over the Saints. I thought the Saints at one stage were like, hello, here we go. This is going to be nice and tight, nice and tight. How was I wrong? And Geelong went, "Mm -mm," foot on the pedal, six goals to three at quarter time, game's over. St Kilda bring it back to within uh, two goals at halftime. You're thinking, oh, can they? Geelong just do what they do. They kick four. Saints don't kick any. And then they pile on five in the last quarter to absolutely dominate the game. But here's the thing, though. If you're looking at Geelong at the moment, I can't see a weak spot. And it really hurts me to say that because for years I've been wanting Geelong to fall out of the eight. I want them – I thought – Dad's army. I didn't even think that they would do anything this year, but they consistently, their older players just do what they need to do. And these the young crop coming through and they've plugged holes. So if you think about it, they needed to plug some holes and, and get some outside run and get some speed. So what they do, they went and got Isaac Smith. There's their outside run. They needed a goal kicking forward. You know, we're going to take the risk and we're going to say, we're going to get you Tyson Stingle, come over to us. He's been a revelation this year. We need a forward to support Tommy Hawkins. Who are we going to go and get? Jeremy Cameron, probably the number one player in the game, in my humble opinion, right now. We need some more midfield grunt. Hey, we've got this guy called Tom Atkins. I know he doesn't normally play in the midfield, but why don't we give him a crack in there and see what he can do? Simply awesome. And I can go on, and I can go on, and I can go on. Sam DeKoenig, first-year player, playing on all the key backs throughout the year, has been has dominated. Now, I know Nick Dacos is going to win the, the rising star, but would you take Nick Dacos, who's a midfielder, or would you take a key position player who can slot you out for 10, 15 years for a career? That's a tough one when you've got a kid that good. You've even got an Irishman, Mark O'Connor, just doing his thing as well. They are sensational. They, they needed some run. Max Holmes. They target who they want. They get them, and they never drop out of contention. And they are a club that grind my gears but I'm envious of them because they give their supporters success every single year. Might be a little bit different in finals, but they give success every single year. St Kilda, 
Uh, another wasted season. Like I said, eight and three at the start of the season. They've fallen over completely since the bye. I don't know what you can say about this mob. Um, Ryan Marshall, he had 37 hitouts on the weekend. Brad Crouch had 28. Brad Hill had 26. Seb Ross had 23. There's not really much more to go with that. Disposals-wise, it was pretty much uh, the same. Conversion was pretty much the same. But when you're – even from an inside 50s, was pretty much the same. But once again, it came down to who's going to kick them up. Geelong just did a lot more on the scoreboard with a lot less possession, a lot more direct. They're less run and gun. They're, lost, they're, they're less chippy. They just go forward and they score because they know they've got big boys down there who can take it. They've also got smalls who can scoop it. And then you've also got the back line who are going to stop it. So they are playing – Great footy. The only concern that you might have is are they peaking too early? 11 in a row, would you rather have a loss now or would you have a loss in a couple of weeks? I know we say it's not going to happen, but you never, never know. Finals is a different story altogether. All righty. It was a Tats Lotto-like demolition. Now, if anybody doesn't know what Tats Lotto is, it is a lotto that we have here in Australia for our overseas listeners. And the Swans by 38 points over North. It was a Tats Lotto-like demolition. You're probably thinking, Peps, what do you mean by Tats Lotto-like demolition? Let me run through some numbers. 23, 11, 1, 5, 6, and 20 with a supplementary number of 21. Lance Franklin, four goals. Tom Papley, three goals. Chad Warner, three goals. Isaac Heaney, two goals. Logan McDonald, two goals. Sam Reed, two goals. And Errol Gould in the supplementary, number 21, had one goal. They were sensational against North. North had a crack. Oh, I so want this guy. If you don't, if you want to have a crack at a, a young key forward, Nick Larkey is an absolute gun. Absolute gun. Seven goals from 11 disposals, nine ma. Uh, he only had three of those as marks as well, too, which is exciting. One tackle. He doesn't have to tackle when he's slotting them through the big sticks. And he is – you can uh, pair him up with Kem Zerha, who also kicked two. That's a nice little dynamic duo that you've got there. But, but outside of that, there wasn't really much to, to write home about. Uh, from a disposals perspective, Josh Simkin is once again having another great year. Jaden Stevenson had 31, but probably one of his better games of the season as well. Um, he also had six tackles to go with that, uh, Jai Simkin. Uh, Jed Anderson had another good game with 27 touches. The hyphen will probably win their, their BNF this year. Luke Davies-Uniak, he had 30 as well to uh, throw in five tackles and six clearances. He had a monster game uh, as well. But the Swans, you know, they're just being led by the olds in terms of Luke Parker and Callum Mills. They're, they're elder statesmen within the team. And then you've got the new guys, James Rowbottom, Isaac Keeney's putting up an absolute stellar season. Um, and Tom Hickey, he also had 38 hitouts as well too. So, so the Swans, who are the other team I picked to, to make the grand final, they are setting themselves up for a nice premiership tilt. Um, and we know they play a style of football that is finals footy-like, contested hard, but they've got many avenues to score as well too. But when they're off, they're off. So we'll we'll wait for this one to sort of unravel itself. All right. Two more games to go through. Uh, it was an angelic end to the week from hell. Adelaide by 16 points over West Coast. Nothing really to talk about this game. Adelaide actually haven't been that bad, let's be honest, this year. They haven't been as bad as we thought they would be. Uh, Darren Burgess has made a massive difference to their fitness side of things. 
Um, the way that they rolled out this match uh, against Wet Toast couldn't ask for much more. I thought West West Coast would have won, especially for for Josh Kennedy's last game. They didn't. But what what more can you say about a guy that comes out and plays his last game? Four, uh, eleven kicks, four handballs, fifteen disposals in total, eight marks, eight goals, and some of those were bang, 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 bang. Absolutely slotting it in. Love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, Nick Nat had a 35 as well too. Um, and from an Adelaide perspective, they were sensational. Darcy Fogarty had his best game for the year with four goals as well too. Um, Ned McHenry had a, a couple to himself. Elliot Himmelberg is on the radar of, of a Northern club. He had his two as well too. Shane McAdam, he had three as well. And even uh, good old Texie Walker didn't do much on the scoreboard, five disposals, but He's another player I think a couple of clubs are probably looking back and go, why didn't we take him for 2021? Because he is a proven goal kicker and he is a big body and he has a great kicking action. So I think a couple of people are going to be looking at Kennedy and maybe going, I know he said he's retired, but come and play with us. You're going to play finals footy. We'll play you for about 10 to 12 games throughout the year. What do you reckon? So I reckon there's something in that. But I reckon Adelaide, they're not as bad as we thought they were. They're still rebuilding. They've still got a lot of work to do, but they're heading in the right direction. And uh, West Coast, they've got a lot of work to do. And, and I think it's going to be a long rebuild. They've got too many people north of the age of 30, and it is going to be tough. They've got an average age of 26 uh, years and 10 months, which is not too great. And if you look at it from a games perspective, they average 126 games to Adelaide 66. So it's almost half. So they're really long in the tooth and they're going to have to have a clean out. They've got everything out of that group. And finally, the last game of the weekend was nil before the Kings of the Gabba, the Brisbane Lions, by 33 points over Carlton. We're still waiting for an outcome for uh, Mr. Cripps, Patrick Cripps's. Um, Report on the weekend is at the tribunal. If we get it before the end of the show, we'll let you know. We haven't heard anything yet. If anybody's on the chat and can find out for me, please shoot it through whilst I'm reading this out. But Lockie Neal, you can understand why he's uh, the equal favourite for the Brownlow now, everybody. You can understand it because this guy is playing the best football since his last Brownlow. And that says a lot because that one was a corker. Has he actually got better as well too? He had 32 he kicked the first goal of the game, which was an absolute corker. Nine clearances. He had free, four frees for himself as well. So he's getting in and getting the ball, and more importantly, getting to the ball first, copying those free kicks. Well supported by Hugh McCluggage, Reith Matheson as well too. Oscar McInerney, he's also looking a little bit sore. He had a casual 37 on the weekend. Carlton, they've just been decimated. We've seen how many injuries that they've had over the last number of weeks. It's probably going to get worse for them as well, too, if Cripps doesn't play this week. They're up against the Ds. We'll get into that a little bit later. But it was the same old, same old. Sam Doherty, half, halfback. Like, got to remember, this guy had cancer last year, and he's come back and absolutely had a stellar season. Definitely all Australian contention as well. Sam Walsh does what he does. Patrick Cripps does what he does. Uh, there's been a bit of pressure on Adam Chera since he's come across from Fremantle. Has he made that much of a difference for them this year? I, I don't think so. Um, I think someone like Doherty has definitely had more of an impact. But is it because he's in with that, maybe because 
uh, Hewitt's not there and a few others aren't there that the, the spotlight's going on to him where previous to that he was actually sliding in nicely and performing his role. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's the reason as well too. Good to see Jack Silvani back in the team. Tom DeConing, uh, he had 22 hitouts this week as well too. But really from a goal uh, from a, a, a score, score perspective, Kerno did a couple. Zach Fisher had a couple as well too. Harry Mackay didn't have much of a big one as well too. So the Lions, they dominated. They had to win this game and they had to win it by a decent margin because they are sitting outside the top four by percentage. Um, they've got a very couple of winnable games, especially the last game of the year could pretty much determine who gets that last spot in the top eight or the top four when they play the Ds. But um, they had to do what they had to do and, and they got across the board too. So there's around the grounds. Um I think it's time for us to splash some cash. So let me get onto it and here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Money, 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 money. <laughs> bling, bling. Dollar bills, got a dollar bill, listeners. Dollar bills. It's trade and contract. Talk. This is the biggest recap I've got for you ever. And we're still three weeks out for the season, but we know the news is starting to roll around. So let's see what is going on. All right. We know the Suns are into Dyson Heppel. Apparently, a four year contract has been offered to him. Essendon have also asked about Isaac Rankin, and they've also set the feelers out there for Cam Zerha from North as well. So good to see Adrian Dodoro sitting on his hands as usual when it comes into the trade period. Uh, there'll be a few um, clubs looking into those young forwards as well from the from the from into the Ruse Zerha and also Larky because they have been a bit of a shining light for the Ruse this year. But the Ruse will be wanting to get those two because that's going to be a massive. Massive uh, upbeat take uptake for their rebuild this year. Uh, Dugowie looking to extend for a, another two years from the Pies and must have behaviour clauses in that contract. Um, and he was awesome against the D's. There was a roving goal he kicked in the first quarter against Melbourne, and I just looked and go, this guy's on. So when he's on, he's on. He's not a superstar, um, but he is. He, he's getting there. Just I don't want to fat shame him. Get a bit fitter, get the tank a bit better, and you could be the next Dane Swan for that team if you really, really want it. Uh, Dan McStay looks like he's Dan McGo because he's almost a lock to join the Pies, as well as having Bobby Hill from GWS on their radar as well. Elliot Himmelberg from the Crows is on the Dockers radar, especially if Lob decides to leave it and go over to the Doggies or end up at another club. Port Adelaide, Tory Vickery-Williams, lovely to have you on, superstar. Port Adelaide are looking at the Grundy situation very closely especially now that he won't be playing for the rest of the season. Remember, he's still got another five years on $1 million a season at Collingwood. A great investment there. Heath Chapman from Frio was signed for another three years, so he is taking himself to 2027. Bailey Smith has signed for two more years in at the kennel. This guy's got ice in his veins and snow in the nose, and he's going to be down there at Whitnoval until at least the end of 2024. Jack Gunston is without a contract for 2023. I know there are a few teams in the finals race that would absolutely love to have him on their side right now. Rory Lobb, like I said, was looking at the dogs 
But because of Sam Darcy may, and making his debut, does he fit into that mix? Um, Melbourne Saints and also Collingwood, once again, would be good fit for him. And last but not least, we're holding all information on um, Luke Jackson and Batty Franklin until further notice because, to be honest, I'm sick of hearing about them, I'm sick of reading about them, and I don't really care until the paper and the pen make contact with each other. Rightio. So last couple of things before we uh, we wrap this episode up. It's amazing how much you can get through without J-Dog doing all the talking. Uh, Elijah Hollands is your round 21 rising star. So good, uh, well done to you, young man, from Gold Coast in just his third AFL game. One of their best in their loss to Hawthorne, collecting 23 touches and two goals. The 20-year-old, uh, picked as number seven in the 2020 draft, has been a consistent performer, and he looks like he could be a bit of a star with him as well too. So he's getting in the right spots. He's finishing, uh, and he will be very, very good for the Suns moving forward as well. All right. One week at a time. What game are we looking forward to this week? I know J-Dog's not here for this one. Um, I'm being, once again, I'm being very selfish at the moment because I know where uh, my team, Melbourne, sits. So I'm definitely looking forward to Melbourne versus Carlton. Can't wait to see there. I know Tory will hopefully be at the game and also all the Carlton supporters will be there as well. Also looking forward to seeing how Sydney and Collingwood pan out. Collingwood wins. They get that top two spots. Pussy, ah, pusses, it's good that pussy galore still on my lips. Um, and it pushes, pushes Sydney out of contention for that top four spot. Uh, I'm also uh, very interested in to see what happens with St Kilda and the Brisbane Lions. This will be uh, a perfect example of a game that Brisbane should win that they'll potentially lose and cough themselves up a top four spot and have to play and beat Melbourne in round 20. Three. So that's a game for a different type of level. And if the Saints win, they're still playing finals. So that's another one. It's going to be a belter at Marvell Stadium on Friday night. Also, it'll be interesting to sort of see Adelaide and North Melbourne. Will any of the North players kick another bag? Um, outside of that, there's nothing really else to write home about. Gold Coast, Geelong. I can't see Geelong losing to Gold Coast, but, hey, we've seen stranger things happen over the course of the year as well too. And Tori won't be there because she'll be in the President's Club I am jealous of you once again, young lady. Rightio. So, listeners, that was – that's laced out for round 21. Like I said, I had to go hand solo tonight because the great man, Jamie, was unable to make it due to illness, but that's okay. He'll be back with us next week. But more importantly, like, subscribe, tell everybody about us. For the ones who are joining us live, you are absolute guns. The chat has been going off. Tommy, Davey Salt, the Roo Boy – uh, Patsky's been on there as well too. Uh, Fang Ali, Robbie Smith, you know all the names. Thank you very much for joining us and everybody listening to us live. Oh, sorry, listening to us on the podcast, in the car, on the way to work. Thank you very, very much. It's Lace Out. I'm Chris Pepper. And more importantly, I hope your, hope your team wins this week and it's how you want your food. Have a great week, listeners. Stay tuned for Tip Out. Coming in a couple of days. Head over to iTunes and Spotify to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. And remember, join us every single Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time, on our Facebook page with yours truly, Christopher Pepper, and the co-host with the most, Jamie Wallace, giving you your footy how you want it. Ace out.